0: You should be a monster. Because everyone says, well, you should be harmless. You don't want to be too aggressive. You don't want to be too assertive. You want to take a back seat. No. You should be a monster. And then you should learn how to control. 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 Hey everybody, thanks for joining us as we crack open another episode of the Undisclosed Agents Podcast. Today we got a chance to sit down with Marcos Orozco. Marcos has spent over 15 years working as a firefighter in South Florida. Recently, he's relocated to Colorado to start it all over as a probationary backseat firefighter, valuing his belief that life is too short not to live and work somewhere you love. Marcos has a passion for fitness, not just working out, but working out in a manner that better prepares you for the job. We discussed his journey along this path, as well as becoming a Georgia smoke diver, instructing at conferences across the country, and how organizational support for individuals begets individuals supporting an organization. This was an awesome conversation with an absolute savage. We really enjoyed our time with Marcos, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get after it. So today
1: we're here with Marcos. How's it going, brother? Good, brother. Right on. Well, thank you very much for coming. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey that brought you here today? Sounds good. Thank you,
2: uh, guys for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate the roles earlier today. Oh, we'll talk all about that. Oh, i sure. <laughs> uh, so my name is Marcos Roscoe. Um, just moved to Colorado in January from South Florida. I was in South Florida for 20 years doing the fire thing for, it'll be 16 years in January career, uh, side of it. Um, when I first started, I started in a small department down in the Keys, was there for kind of like eight years kind of was scared i was not going to get out um it was a one station department when i first started and when i first started i think i was telling you guys earlier um i wasn't into the job right i was telling everybody just hey man i'm a fireman you know anybody that would listen and uh wasn't into the job just kind of riding everybody else's coattails but then about four years in i kind of started taking it seriously start taking classes all kinds of classes um Officer classes, you know, tech rescue classes, things like that, and started getting into the job. And then, with my last department that I was there, I started there in uh, January 2016. That's when I got super, super like into the job. Like, this is like, all right, I want to try to make a difference. um, Share what's been taught to me. Um, Teaching at fire academies and trying to instill like that discipline, lead by example stuff, and showing the students, you know, what's what's possible, right? So. I'd say about a good eight, ten years or so now I've been into the job. Um and then like I said, I moved to Colorado in January. Um, loving the mountains and you know, one thing led to another. My buddy Chris, you guys are friends with, uh, introduced me to you guys and then here I am out in Nevada, Reno, uh, doing this podcast with y'all.
1: I'm gonna do a talk later. Shout out to the boyer man. Boyer. <laughs> so uh isn't it crazy when you when that switch flips and you become into the job? Yeah, I mean it's it's we were talking about it earlier.
2: It's crazy, like it's a, such a big community that once you start giving a shit, that community starts getting smaller, right? And then seeing how it affects people, right? Like I get messages still to this day from former students, like, "Hey, you know, thank you so much for the way you instill the discipline in us, the the fitness aspect. I've kept going." x y and z and now i'm hired with a department i'm doing really good i'm kicking ass i'm killing it um so it's crazy how you can affect people's lives that you've never met before maybe they didn't have a father figure whatever the case is right and that's just super rewarding for me and that's it's crazy like you said once you start giving it shit it's
1: it's a whole nother world yeah we talk about it uh, academies especially like that is such a i think everyone should be part of an academy at some point just to see it right mm-hmm. to feel that because those dudes that you teach and do debts <laughs> will uh, at some point if you give a shit and you're doing the right things on the training ground with them at some point somebody will reach back out to you in your career that you changed their whole trajectory
0: 100 yeah it's just wild I think it, and the reason why I gravitated towards you and when Boyer came to me and said, hey, I got this guy, he wants to come out, he wants to do tactics. I was already following you on Instagram. I was already into what you were doing and because you were passionate. And he's like, oh, I got this guy coming out, he's going to do tactics. I was like, no shit. We got to get this guy on the podcast because I think what we're talking about here, when you get that bug and you get into the job, it's the passion. And that's the infectious part that we instill in others. And when you teach those academies, or you teach those classes, or you mentor that newer firefighter, and you instill that in them, that's what changes their trajectory, the passion. And that's something you have no shortage of. And I think that's why we kind of hit it off right away, right? We came and picked you up this morning. We went yep. and did some jujitsu. And I mean, it's oh, yeah. been clicking ever since. And I think this is one of those things where you the saying it gets smaller. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you find, and we talked about it earlier, you find those like minded individuals in the fire department or in the fire service, and you realize there's nothing wrong with you being a passionate, being that passionate firefighter and being engaged in this profession is the way everybody should be. And it reignites that fire in your belly and it reminds you that the mission that you're on, Mm -hmm. and we're all on different missions, right? And we're going to talk about that. Your mission is, is separate from our mission, but they all are passionate about the fire service, right? And it, it brings you all together, and you realize there's more people out here. The fire service is bigger than your department. hundred that's,
2: percent. Right? That's what I like what you guys are doing, man. You guys are getting people from all over the country to bring into your, call it your fishbowl, right? And if you get stuck in your own little fishbowl, you think you're freaking awesome, and you think you know everything, and then you go to a conference, and you're like, holy crap. And it's always the little stuff like that blows my mind. It's something so silly that seems silly, but you're like dude, I can't believe that I didn't think of that, right? And you're like, you bring it back to your guys and share what you've learned and stuff. And that's what's that's what's awesome, man. It's just getting outside and learning from different people. It doesn't matter how big your department is or if it's a one-station department, you know, or 50-station department, right? There's guys that are super
1: smart and into the job all over the place, and it's awesome. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. Like, everyone has something to share. Mm-hmm. And... If you're out there listening to this podcast and you're like, oh man, I got two years on the job. I got nothing to share. I, what, what do I know? I, I learned stuff from every fireman that I meet. Yep. Good, bad, or indifferent. I learned something. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're open-minded enough to realize that, and then quite honestly, just start sharing stuff. You'll You'll find what you do have to share. Somebody will help you along the way. The more engaged you get, the more passion that you have, the more into the job that you are you'll start finding that everybody has something to share even you for sure
0: how's the transition been from uh, Colorado or I'm sorry from Florida to Colorado oh
2: man it's uh it's freaking epic uh, going from hot humid 10 11 months out of the year to we moved there in January so it was snowing like snowed nine inches one day and like 12 inches another day which is crazy like craziest winter they've had in years like you guys were saying here in Reno I'm working out in gear and it was like cheating like you know in <laughs> Florida like I worked out in gear five, six days a week to stay acclimated to the heat and humidity. I'm putting on my stuff in freaking Colorado. It's snowing. I'm like, oh, this is nice and toasty, You're yeah, like, so, shit, maybe I should be in my yeah, underpants. Yeah, for <laughs> real. So, I mean, the transition's been awesome. Uh, it's been crazy. The department I work for now, uh, they are 180 degrees different from my old department. Uh, my crew was awesome back in Florida. Luckily, I had a good crew, but as a whole, we were a toxic organization. And now where I'm at now, they're super supportive they're covering my days to go teach in Florida. I was just at the Fort Lauderdale Fire Expo teaching, so they covered my days. I was at the Mott High Conference the week after teaching. They covered my days. I'm going to Georgia for the Georgia Smoke Diver Cadre. They're covering my days. And I, I got six months on. I mean, they're super supportive, man. So it's
0: been night and day. And, of course, we love the mountains. That's It's so like underrated. I just read this quote uh, from Chief David Rhodes from the smoke divers. I'm sure you've read this quote as well. I just sent it to Micah. Um, I just sent it to him. And the quote says, there's really been little focus on the mental health effects of poor leadership. We tend to talk about PTSD because we can blame that on an incident beyond our control, but we don't want to talk about the root cause of the majority of the stress that causes us issues, organizational, organizational victimization, discrimination, favoritism, and exclusion. Chief David Rhodes. And that is one of the things when I hear somebody that we talk about. Our first episode was called Change Your Department or Change Departments. Mm-hmm. And when I hear somebody talk about an organization that, whatever, they didn't see eye to eye with for whatever reason, and they have the balls, let's call it what it is, mm-hmm. to pick up and change and say, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to change. It's always interesting to me to hear about that story, right? And hear about that transition. Was it positive? Was it negative? It's always positive. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm yet to hear the story Where the the guy or gal says Fuck I wish it would have (laughs) stayed Because I don't think you start Having those thoughts I don't think your brain starts Processing that That Decision Mm -hmm. If There's something to stay for Right right? You don't start thinking about that Going Oh man You know it's really good here But I just gotta blow it up Unless you're Jody Shout out brother (laughs) (laughs) Sorry Jody
1: (laughs)
2: yeah I man uh like you you hit it right on the head right like no I, zero regrets, yeah, I miss some of my guys, yeah for sure, but as far as the culture and everything like that, and like you said, you have to take you have to have the balls to do it right like I mean it, it was easy for us, we didn't have any kids, my wife and I, but still at the end of the day, that's not that shouldn't be the decision right everybody's scared of change, right, and yeah, I was 40 about to be 46 years old not vested with that current department i had three more years to get vested and i was like oh well i should probably wait but then i'm like life's too short to live somewhere where you don't love and work somewhere where you don't love man so you know if if you're even thinking about doing it do it cuz you only live one life right and everybody's like oh you only live one life but make the best of it man and go go find that department that has that great culture that's supportive Because at the end of the day, it's going to make your life better, and it's going to make you a better fireman, man. Because you can only get, you can only be positive for so long, without that negativity weighing on you. And yeah, you know, you kind of it comes and goes, right? But it's so crazy, and 180 degrees difference now where I'm at now than where I was before. Like all these opportunities that open up, and just I'm always been passionate, but now it's like I got backing, I got the support, and go do it.
1: Go do it. Bring it back. Like that's freaking crazy. And that that makes all the difference in the world. And you know, you say life's too short, man. Your career is too short. This is the best job in the world for me. Mm-hmm. We tell guys that all the time, and I know it's the best job in the world for you. Oh, yeah. And your career only lasts so long, man. I, when I sit down with with retired guys that are still able bodied mm-hmm. and can do the job still, but they're retired. It's hard, man. Walking away from this is hard. So why stay somewhere where you're miserable 100%? You know?
0: 100%, go somewhere you can grow. 100%. When, when you talk about an organization that supports you. The when an organization supports an individual, an individual's passion, an individual's drive, an individual's uh, respects you as an asset, you will die for that organization. Yep. Literally, figuratively, the whole nine yards. I mean, you want to talk about reciprocated benefits for the organization when they show you, we got your back. Mm-hmm. We care about what you're doing. We see the positive that you're bringing, not just to us, mm-hmm. but to the fire service. For those of us who who get outside of the walls of our organization and bring back to the fire service, when an organization steps up and says, we got your back, talk about cultivating an asset that will do everything for that organization. You're literally solidifying a lifetime asset for your organization. I think that's lost sometimes. Yeah, I I agree. Like you said, man, my current chief right
2: now, he says, run through that brick wall, sending it, you know? And he told me, he's like, I will support you not only doing stuff that benefits our department, is if, if you're doing stuff to support the fire service. Like, how awesome is that, man? Most everybody just cares about their department, right? And what can you do for me? He's like, I'll support you 100% if you're
1: doing stuff to better the fire service in general. Yeah, rising tides raise all boats, right? That's so it. It, That's the thing. It's like you talked about the ebbs and flows a little bit, you know, of motivation, but you've also talked about discipline, yeah. right? So you can be super disciplined without motivation, right? Oh, 100%. We, you can But being in a toxic environment all the time, that's just, you're just carrying stones you don't need to carry. Yeah. And when a department really backs their people, especially in your situation where it's, I'm not just backing you, I'm backing (laughs) everything that you're doing across the board, literally 2000 miles away, just because it betters all of us. Like that's so huge. Like, you couldn't crush the motivation that comes from something like that.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, I talk about it all the time. I'm like, dude, I work for the best fire chief that nobody knows about in the entire country. Like he's like, everybody knows about Scott Thompson, right? And that guy from the colony. He's an awesome chief, great person. Everybody would bend over backwards for him. This is, I work for a chief that's just as good that nobody knows about. And I'm like, kind of want to keep that
0: little secret. <laughs> good, good for that chief. Yeah. because clearly he's doing it for the the fire service, right? And not, not saying anything about the chiefs who are known, right? They're doing it for the fire yeah. service too, just on a different level, for sure. but he's doing it for his guys. And he's never, probably never going to see a direct benefit to his department for sending you to Florida to teach, but he's going to see a direct benefit in the fire service, which may trickle back to his department. And understanding that investment in the mm-hmm. fire service shows that that leader Is actually passionate about the fire service, not passionate about being a chief or a politician or moving forward in their career, the next stepping stone for them. They actually remember what it was like to be us, right? They actually remember what it feels like to be supported, and now they're handing it down. And there's nothing better than that. You yep. can be, su- sorry. No, you're good. You can be supported by your uh, your peers, right? You can have that peer support. Your yep. The guys on the line respect you and the, the firemen coming up love the motivation that you're bringing. But if you're holding back the tide from the top constantly, just getting bombarded, like it, eventually it's going to crush you for sure. Yeah. I, I disagree a little bit with what you said there, Jay,
1: on uh, the fact that he's not going to see a direct benefit. That untrue. Yeah. Because you come back and you're motivated because you just taught a bunch of guys, and what are you doing? Teaching your guys. 100%. He, he's, yep. He's, yep. he's getting yeah. paid dividends. Yeah, he got so was, me. <laughs> that, that, that dude, by supporting you, is getting paid dividends that are unmatched. Yep. Compounding interest right there, That's man. It. Yeah, Yeah,
2: because like I told him, I was like, I'll bring anything back. I'll share whatever I taught, learned, whatever, you know, and 100%, yeah, we're going to just share what we learned and make everybody better. Not because they weren't good, but, you oh. know.
0: Just, hey, I'm going to show you something different that works for me. Cool if you like it. Cool if you don't. No big deal. That's yeah. one of the things that going to conferences, right, and you talked about earlier, you pick up these small things, right? You'll pick up things, and let's be honest. You'll go and watch something or learn something, and you'll feel silly that you didn't know it or mm-hmm. think of it. You can mm-hmm. be years in. You can be the most engaged person. Mm-hmm. You go, and you're like, oh, one of the things I learned this last few years back was I never had a plan for what I was going to do, if I found a victim while I was on, assigned a fire attack on the nozzle. Mm-hmm. I never had a plan. I was never taught, what will you do? Right. What's your plan if that happens? Because you have a responsibility, right? Your fire attack. But now we found a victim, <laughs> right? Do we just throw our gun down and battle and run away from the bullets that are flying You know, and right. hope we can save this person? That's probably not a good plan. right? So I go to this Grant Schwalbe's class, Making the Grab, mm-hmm. uh, hands-on in FDIC, taught with uh, Basil, we'll mm-hmm. talk about that, and taught with Eric Wheaton, great cadre, mm-hmm. And one of the stations was making a plan if you find a victim on the, on the pipe. And I came after the class, I sat down, you know, we go to the bar to discuss all our classes. And I went, dude, I have never thought about what I would do and what the best plan is. I felt silly. I felt like, what the fuck have I been doing? But that's the nugget I brought back. Mm-hmm. We integrated this into, into a search class for our department. We integrated this into our search class. And it's like something now that I'm really passionate about showing others because I learned it and didn't know it, right? And it's always something. It could be something big like that, or it can be that little thing. It's just amazing when you go out there with that open mind, like I'm ready to absorb whatever yep. nugget is here. Yep. I'm ready to pick it all up. The big ones, the little ones, it doesn't matter. I'm in. Stay humble and stay
2: hungry. 100%. And it's always a little stuff that you bring back that you're super excited about because you're like, like I was telling you guys, it's always a little stuff that's mind-blowing. I'm like, dude, it's so simple, so silly, and I can't believe I didn't know it, but I'm going to share it to everybody that wants to listen because I want everybody to know what I didn't know. Yeah,
1: <clears throat> absolutely. It's it's funny because y- you have one of two choices in that situation, right? You see something and you're like, oh, I've never thought about that. I'm going to sit over here and be quiet and not tell anybody that I've never thought about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to look stupid. <laughs> I'm not going back and saying, Hey, I've never thought about this. I'll look like a slapdick
2: mm-hmm.
1: or you can go, fuck. I never thought about that. That's awesome. I'm going to go back and go, Hey, this is something that I've never thought about that. I, as a seasoned vet, a good fireman in my own mind, right. have never thought about, and these guys showed me and I hope that all of us start thinking about it, right? It just comes back to the attitude you have when it comes to training and the open-mindedness, that mindset of being okay saying, I didn't
2: know this. Yeah. And if you didn't know it, guess what? Somebody else probably didn't know it either.
1: Yeah. And hey,
2: you're the one that's bringing it to light. Cool. Hey, I didn't know this. No big deal. Frickin' how cool is
1: this thing? And it's so weird to me that guys get into, that guys get into that kind of mindset sometimes in their career it's just odd to me because you we put guys through an academy and we tell them all the same thing hey you know we're going to teach you all this brand new stuff and they come in there wide-eyed and they're learning stuff and doing things they've never done before and it's just it's crazy for them and then they get out of the academy and it's like at that year two three mark whatever it is at some point there's a switch that gets flipped to I'm supposed to know everything. I can never show anybody that I don't know something ever again. It's like, no, man. This is a never-ending thing. This is just like jujitsu, jitsu where this game doesn't have a, a finish line.
2: Yeah, it's like counting to infinity. You're never going to get there. Exactly. If somebody told me that about
0: jujitsu. jitsu I'm like, hmm, right, that's freaking spot on. <laughs> it, it's... It- <clears throat> I, there's no better description, like, as far as in my goes, because I do firefighting, I do jujitsu, and there's no end to this game. There's, yep. n- I've never met anybody where I went, man, they fucking know everything. Yeah. There's you know, levels to this shit. And if they tell you they do, they're full of shit. Full of shit, for sure, 100%. Yeah. So, well, let's talk about one of the things you sent me when I said, hey, you know, give me some things you want to talk about, give me some things that you want to, you know... You want to get into, one of the things you did say was working out in gear and staying ready, right? Not getting ready, staying ready. Yep. And I I watch your Instagram, and anybody who is out there that's not following you needs to start following you. Uh, Hard Knock Sunday, right? Yes, sir. That's a, that's it. At Hard Knock Sunday. You can go to our page and see them on there and, and get the link if you, if you don't know. But talk to us about where your motivation is for working out in gear, and then- I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you some other questions about yeah. it too. So yeah. talk to us about that. Where'd that start? What are you thinking? What's your what's your process and your mental process for that? Yeah, for sure. So
2: looking back now, I've been working out in gear. It's been ten plus years. Like you know how videos always pop up. I've been working out in gear ten plus years. Uh, the reason it started is just my mind is kind of different. Um I like to do crazy things with my people that know me and my family, they're like, oh, oh, what's what's Marcos's next crazy thing, right? So working out in gear obviously takes it up a notch, plus living in South Florida for 20 years, it's hot, humid 11 months out of the year, right? So part of that is staying acclimated to being in gear when it's hot and humid, right? Um, so that's another reason why I work out in gear. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it, just the, the nuts and bolts of it. So that's why I don't want to be I always tell my students, you're either an asset or a liability. There's no in-between, right? It's black, black and white. Now, you could be a liability, working to become an asset, but are you an asset or not? Do I want you in my crew or not? So I never want to be the guy that somebody's like, oh, Marcos is working with us today. I, oof. You know, because you, you, everybody knows, right? You see that guy on your, on your roster, you're like, oh, okay. So I know I'm going to have to pick up the slack today, right? And being an instructor, I never wanted to be that fat, out-of-shape guy that's just yelling at you from the sideline, that's not doing any of the skills, but riding on his coattails of stuff he's done before. So I always worked out at lunch so the students could see I didn't work out with them at first. And then I started working out with them and stuff like that. So just kind of doing that whole leading by example, showing them what's possible, right? And I'm, I'm not young buck, right? I'm not 20 years old. I'm 46 years old. So You look like a young buck. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Appreciate that. So just trying to set that example, man, and just trying to be an asset
0: always. Um, what have you found like? So, this is just a personal question for me. Yep. Um, I don't really care if the listeners care. <laughs> <laughs> I no, love you guys. Just kidding. Um, so, in in Florida, right, you got the hot humidity, yep. right, that you're working out in, and you're at sea level. Yep. So, what has your transition now been going to Colorado where it's colder and you're, what, and you got to be five, 6,000 feet where my, you're at? Mile now. high, baby. Mile high. That's right. That's yeah. right. 5,860 feet. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. Yeah, I didn't even think that's how far Yeah, part. read a book. Yeah, read a book. <laughs> so, yes. so,
2: yeah, that transition, Um, I hit the ground running, man. Day one, I was working out running because I knew the elevation was going to be a factor, right? So it took me about, I want to say like six weeks till I felt like I wasn't breathing through a straw. Um, but as far as the cold, like I was telling you guys earlier, it's like, to me, it was cheating, putting on gear to work out in the cold. I'm like, I can do this all day, bro. Um so now like being acclimated to elevation, training in gear in the cold, you know, it's night and day. Now I go back to like sea level and hit a workout like pfft, all day. Let's do this. Yeah, just crush <laughs> yeah. it. So it's it's it wasn't that hard. But again, I hit the ground running and I I didn't let off the gas and it made my workouts for the first six weeks kind of extra sucky <laughs> with that breathing through a straw thing. But uh yeah, it wasn't bad. People yeah, do not take elevation into account no that's like there's two great equalizers right like we're living in south florida we said people that come here to do stuff humidity and heats one equalizer and then two is elevation
1: it's so weird because i've i've never thought about it i grew up at elevation yeah Uh, so lucky i'm (laughs) born and raised at elevation so it never bugged me and when i would hear people talk about it, it didn't there was no like trigger for me like oh yeah shit they came from sea level yeah until I got a little bit further in the game, you know, a little bit older. And uh, now when I go to sea level and get a workout, I'm like, God damn, man.
0: And I'm getting older, you know. <laughs> I feel like Superman. So I got a bone to pick with you a little bit about this. Uh-oh. Um Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. <clears throat> yeah, you actually owe my department some money. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. So when, uh, when Boyer uh, went off to the Georgia Smoke Diver program, and met you and came back. He was a big proponent. And he had been before, but he was more vocal about it, about getting guys in their gear and working out in gear and, and being about gear and getting acclimated, right? So all my guys, right, they want to get out there and they want to work out in their gear. I manage the PPE. When I say all my guys, oh. it's because I manage the PPE. Okay. Yeah, I see what They're all out there tearing holes in their PPE, doing lunges and burpees and all this shit, and ruining all their gloves doing all these ladder throws. And I, they're coming they to me. They're like, "Bro, I got like holes in the knees of my pants, and I got I, my gloves are all jacked up. I did a hundred ladder throws today, and, oh, yeah. and my workout. I you, missed you. my last burpee. My mask is all smashed. <laughs> yeah, I've been up. smashing my <laughs> my regulator on the ground doing burpees. This thing's all broken. And I'm like, What are you guys doing? They're like, Oh well, Boyer's got us all working out in gear now. So I'm like, Okay, right, positive. I'm like, Let's not get mad. These guys are staying fit. This is a good thing." I have very limited money and these things are very expensive. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? do I I got all these old expired turnouts, right, in the turnout room. I don't know why. I probably should have thrown them away years ago. I'm glad I didn't. They're all in decent condition. Yeah, because we do good turnouts for our academies. Okay. It's
1: just a thing that we've done. So guys are working out in their actual, or working through the academy in actual turnouts. Nice. Right? But we still have all these old scrappers.
0: Yeah, and I got, they're expired, you know, but I got shelves of them. And so I go, all right. Well, I sent out an email. I'm like, hey, if you're going to work out in gear, dude, I'm in. That's badass. I'm stoked. Please come get some expired gear Mm -hmm. that could be your workout turnouts. Please. Guys are like, oh, yeah, I'm on it, man. So send it out to Carlos. He blasted out to everybody. We got a bunch of guys now. Our old turnouts are brown. Our new turnouts are black. So if you see a guy carrying around a set of brown turnouts, He's 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 one of your disciples. Yeah, gold PBIs, baby. That sounds like a Boyer problem, not my problem. Well, (laughs) I mean, you were his influence, so. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, you've definitely, your influence is (laughs) far-reaching. Right on. So thank you, Yeah, (laughs) if you say so. (laughs) So as we mentioned, you
1: met Boyer in the Smoke Divers program. I did. Can you talk about that a little bit, touch on that? Yeah,
2: so uh, when I say it's probably, not probably, it's the best, class that i've ever taken that's an understatement um even chief de rhodes talks about it he says if you're successful in the class you gain about five to six years of firefighting experience based on all the scenarios and all the stuff that we do um and it's not just uh hey we're gonna beat your ass for six days you're actually learning so it's obviously awesome in that aspect yeah they push you to the limits and then some which is awesome um that's kind of my whole whole deal is strong mental and physical aspect right and they push you to the freaking limits and make you question life in general, like whether I want to do this. Why am I here? This freaking sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, so I can't say enough good things about that program, man. And it, it, you come out of there super confident in your skills and your abilities. And if shit goes sideways, that you'll be able to figure it out. Um, which to me is like that's like the keystone of what makes a good fireman: just being comfortable. Like, hey, I've. I'll figure this out. I got this. Not not coming out cocky now. There's I'm sure some dudes that come out super cocky and stuff, right? But I just it makes you feel super confident in yourself. And I think that's awesome. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> Everybody that that I've met that's gone through the program has <clears throat> excuse me, has said basically the same thing. Um I haven't met a cocky one yet. Everybody's awesome. Pretty much on the same page. I mean, if you're willing to go put yourself in that position, and do that training and graduate, then I feel like you're going to come out better than you went in.
0: Right? For sure. For sure. And that's one of the big misnomers that you touched on it. A lot of people are under the impression that the all these smoke diver programs, because um, there's some more popping up around the country, which is awesome. Yep. A lot of people are under this misnomer that it's a six-day beatdown. Right, and you're just going to go there and just beat your ass and yep. see who's the who's the mentally toughest to get mm-hmm. through it. And I'm not taking away from the mental toughness aspect of it. We all know that's going to be there. But I've heard from everyone I know that's gone through the program about the six years of fire experience that you, that you gain. That that number has come up a bunch of times. The scenarios that you go through, mm-hmm. the tick instruction, the yep. search instruction, like all of these different scenarios that are built into it. And we know training period is hard. Yep, right. Training period is hard. Live fire training is hard. There's no two ways about it. I don't care how fit you are. I don't care what a good firefighter you are. It beats down. Oh, yeah. Six days of it's going to kick your ass. It's good to hear, and it's good to reinforce for people who are out there thinking about it or kicking the idea around that you're not just going there to prove to yourself that you're fit. This isn't a fitness competition. You're going right. to leave there mentally stronger for sure, but you're going to also gain some experience for your job. 100%. You're, you're
2: a better fireman thousand percent um leaving that class and to that to that effect even if you go and you're not successful and making it and getting the chip you still come out a better fireman because think about how much time you've been training up leading to this class right you've been training in gear doing fire skills so i know so many people that weren't successful that are solid ass firemen solid ass firemen just because you didn't complete the course does not make you not a good fireman right um i have a buddy who ended up he's i think he went to georgia two or three times finally was successful he's been a florida smoke diver i think he's been four times hasn't been successful going back again to fifth time dude's a freaking solid solid ass fireman and talk about resiliency man like just out for punishment man Let's, but he's he's awesome so if you are thinking about it Don't even think about it. Just sign up. And it's getting harder and harder to get in as the years go on now because the social media is blowing it up. And uh, now I think the last class, that November class, had like 300 applicants, and they only take like 40-something and stuff like that. So it's getting harder and harder. But, yeah, if you're thinking about it, definitely do it, man, because you're going to be a better fireman 100% no matter what the outcome is.
1: And how old were you when you went through it? I had just turned 45. There you go, people.
0: Hell, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, uh, just because of this podcast talking about the program, when Boyer came on, I've had multiple people reach out to me and say, Hey, do you have any, like, can you help me? Can you point me and get me in touch with somebody who's a Georgia smoke diver that can help me? I've been denied two times. I've been denied three times. I'm like, bro, I just got a podcast and I, I haven't even been through the program. <laughs> I'm like, I can put you in contact with the guys I've been through, but I don't think they have anything to do with the selection process, no. you know?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, you hear about guys trying two or three times, and Georgia's the original smoke our smoke program of Oklahoma, Indiana, and Georgia. They're all sister programs. Florida's its own beast. It, it it was the first one that started in like 77. So it's its own beast, its own entity that has nothing to do with uh, Florida, uh, Georgia, Indiana, and Oklahoma. But I tell people, hey, if you don't get into Georgia, apply to Indiana or Oklahoma. I mean, I don't know how close it is to you, but... Those are the sister programs, but I get it. I understand like wanting to go to the OG program. I understand that. Um, and we're one one of this old school. I call him an OG smoke diver. He's an OG Georgia smoke diver that now works in Grand Junction, Colorado. Rick Swales, and he's got the OK from Georgia to start a Colorado smoke diver program as soon. <laughs> Hell yeah, mile high smoke diver. You heard it here first. That's right. So we're just waiting until we have enough Colorado guys that have successfully navigated the program to come back and have enough cadre. So we're hoping maybe in the next year or two we'll have enough guys and we're going to start a Colorado smoke diver
0: program. Man, that'd be awesome. Hell yeah. That's right. That'd be bitching for sure. So... Uh, on top of the Georgia Smoke Diver program, uh, you and you mentioned you've been involved in the Florida Fire Expo, and you were just out of the Mile High Conference teaching. How would you get involved with uh, Basil teaching? You were teaching the One Bad Day class, correct? Correct. Uh, so I've known Basil for I don't even know how many years.
2: He's from Orlando, right? So Florida guys, and just going to conferences and stuff. Probably met him at the Fort Lauderdale Expo. I've been teaching at that expo for I think eight or nine years um and i just met basil and became friends and we just message and sh- shoot the shit about working out and training and stuff like that and he's always asking tips about like rit stuff and he'll send me videos and stuff like that so just kind of became friends over the years and then he reached out to me because he knew i was living in fort collins he's like hey i'm coming out to teach at the ma high conference you want to help me so this is my first time helping him teach uh which i was super humble i was like bro yeah i'll do all the bitch work I'll, i don't care whatever you need i'm, I'm it and his his cadre, I've known a couple of those guys for years too, and they're just solid jam up firemen,
0: man. So that's that's kinda how I got involved with him. He is one of those guys and and we talked about it earlier, dude. I'm like a fire fanboy. Anybody who's engaged in the fire services, you got your guys that you follow and that you Yeah, you know, you listen to them on podcasts and you're all about it and you know whoever it is everybody's got their different guys. Basil's been one of those dudes that I've always looked at and I'm like, man, I really like this guy's message. I like what he's saying. I like the way he says it. Uh he's so humble and like, you know, he's just this just this bang up dude. Like you said, he's fucking yep. badass. And I went to that search class in um and at FDIC and they don't list the whole cadre that's one of the things about FDIC or a large any conference when you go and you sign up for these hands on classes dude you could show up to the craziest cadre you've ever seen in your life yeah. so I show up to this class and he's one of the cadre members <laughs> I'm like Basil Ibrahim dude <laughs> He's right it's there. Not my dude. shirt. Yeah. No. Oh, dude. I swear to God, man. <laughs> I got a problem. <laughs> I was, dude, he's like, I'm like, oh, I know all these guys. They need baseball cards, dude. I'd be trading them. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> Sign my tits. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, dude. So, and then again, small world, right? Like small fire service. We start talking, and a lot of the times when you go to some of these bigger conferences, right, you don't get like they're not the hardest ripping classes you've ever been to because there's, you know, there's a lot of different diversity within the class. They're the basics, which is what I want, you know. And you start talking and... and just sharing ideas together, and you see that your ideas match up with their ideas, and you're like, "I think the same thing." This guy thinks. This guy thinks the same thing. <laughs> we're like the fucking kindred spirits, dude. It's rad. So when I saw you were teaching with him, I was like, "That's so bitching, dude." Yeah. And I just listened to him on another episode of Scrap yep. and crushed it again. And and yeah. it's just one of those guys that I think is really cool. You got the opportunity to teach with him, and that you're buddies with him. Oh yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I was like I said, I was super humble, and I you know told him
2: thank you a million times, and they're like, "Dude, you're good." And uh, we'll see. Maybe we just teach with them
0: some more. Absolutely, that's rad. What have you seen? And this is another thing I wrote down. Uh, can jump back to your transition from uh, Florida to Colorado. Have you seen differences? I mean, that's more than half the country away. Mm-hmm. Have you seen differences in tactics? What has been the transition as far as you, as tactically department to department, good, bad, or indifferent, whatever? Uh, tactics are local at times yeah but tactics are global at times as well like what have you seen as far as differences in that and how's the how's the transition for you been um
2: man that's a good question so i would say that i don't think our the tactics are that different from where i came from to where we're at now where i'm at now um I think it's all like the small little things, like we were talking about earlier. Like I was showing my guys on my crew how to get a down fireman upstairs that they taught us at Georgia Smoke Diver. You tie this piece of webbing. It's it's. I mean, it's easier for me to show you, but anyway, use a piece of webbing that's already pre-tied to your length and blah blah blah. So I was showing these guys that, and everybody's like, "Dude, this is way easier than anything we've ever been taught." So. It's not anything crazy different, but like just something small like that, like we were talking about earlier. So I I was showing our crew and then my battalion chief, and I was like a month online. So still air quotes, probationary fireman, right? And he's like, hey, I'm bringing all the crews in tomorrow. You're going to show everybody, teach everybody. So I'm like, bro, hell yeah, let's do it. So I don't think it's anything crazy. It's just small little stuff like that, right? That maybe we did different. Maybe we were... Ahead of the game on this thing, that because we got taught this and they haven't seen
0: this yet, or something like that, right? But nothing crazy different. In Florida, uh, your department staffing—do you guys have engines and trucks, or what? What size was your department? I worked for a
2: department that had nine stations. We had uh, engines, and then we had one ladder truck. And I think they—well, no, I know they just got a tiller like a month
0: ago. Ooh, tiller time!
2: Yeah. Uh, were you assigned a ladder truck or being an engine guy? So we rode. I guess you guys. Well. We did step-ups a lot. So, like, if you're a fireman and you did a step-up packet, you could step up to be a lieutenant. Lieutenants could step up to be a captain. Some people call it riding out of class. I don't we, know call it, we call it acting. Acting, okay, yeah. So I'm acting. just
0: pretending to be a captain. Yeah, yeah. Act,
2: yes. acting
1: or bump-ups, yeah. <laughs> I like that.
2: So, yeah, basically we acted a lot. So, like, everybody was always acting. So I'd be acting to be a lieutenant, which lieutenants in my department in Florida rode on the ambulance. They did three-man ambulances and then
0: sweet (laughs) yeah (laughs) so so three guys get fucked yes (laughs) (laughs) Yes. i
1: made a comment i think it was on the last episode whitlock said he he promoted he worked his way up to paramedic yeah yeah
2: no thanks
1: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, way to work your way up to that
0: yeah
2: um and then you know sometimes i ride backwards i'd be the
0: the skew loo skew lube. you just point you do an iv yeah. you do get the airway yeah. fucking i'll exactly. be out of the I'll go get the bag ready and exactly. the skew.
2: but hey i'd rather be on the skew and arrive at a fire first and
0: go ahead of the line
2: than be pulling a hose line and that's
0: day. you know we talk a bunch of shit no, no, good, it's, right it's, we yeah, talk no, a bunch of it. shit but i've been to a grip of fires on the skew and yep. you get at our department the way we're staffed you get search a lot yeah that's what, which yeah. i love search
2: oh yeah i'll search ahead of the line all day
0: all the, all the time right you get a, search a lot and and uh sometimes you get assigned two out but our department's super aggressive about the way we do two out so it's like a fun assignment you know it's nice. not some bullshit fucking drag the rip back in the front yard and yeah f- yard sh- dog scoop it. the the dirt out of your poo lip from yeah. dragging it around but uh yeah so that's <laughs> they taught us a lot in,
2: that, in georgia smoked our problem too like searching ahead of the line and being super aggressive right you take a water can cool whatever but don't be afraid, you know, and like they talk about like survivable space or searchable space, right? I'm, I'm not one to determine, and they talk about it like the fire rescue survey and all those guys, uh, um, I'm blanking, but you know, it's not my job to determine what's survivable, but if I can search it, I'm going to search it, right? Kurt Isaacson. Uh, thank you. That's got yeah, thank job. You, thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, so I I would rather do search all day than pulling a hose line, you know?
1: That's where, that's where
2: the money's made. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Like when you first get on the job, yeah, I want to pull the hose line, I want to, Put the fire up, but as they call it in Georgia, it's, it's a boat anchor, man. I'm freaking tied to this thing. Like, I'd rather be free
0: and go do some freelancing stuff. Not freelancing, but yeah, I get you. Free movement, free movement, and bro. Stuff. I'm like, I I was just having this conversation the other day. So I um I'm on a truck, right? And <laughs> but but I have like a deep burning passion for engine work. And I can't decide if I'm a truck guy or if I'm an engine guy. I really can't. I love teaching engine stuff. Like, I love teaching pulling hose. I think it's a lost art. The actual deployment of the hose line is a lost art. Um, But I love searching. And I I do think my lowest passion is vertical ventilation, not because I don't believe in it. I just, you know, the real heroes are inside. So... Yeah, what's just kidding? Truckies, chill out.
1: Tru- <laughs> truck guys cut holes in roofs so they can look down and see what the real firemen are doing. Yeah,
0: nice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I, uh, I don't like. I don't know. Everybody goes. Hey, you like the truck? You like the engine? I'm like, dog. I like going to fires. Yeah, I, mean, I don't give a shit what I show up on. I like yeah, going to the fires.
1: SKU, the BC buggy, whatever. Yeah. I
0: like going to jobs straight That's
1: up. It. Shoot, man,
0: we're,
2: we're we have a hundred foot truck, and I, I'm on it most of the time since I got hired with Brighton. And our first fire, third set. We did primary search. We did a secondary search. We went, pulled ceiling. We went to the roof and vented the roof.
0: Yeah. All of it. How many stations do you have out in Brighton? Uh, we have five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and I asked, like, just little stuff, because it's interesting to me, uh, like, on the engines, what hose loads were you running in Florida? Are they different out here? Did you have to learn a new, you know, style of that? Did you have to learn a new, what cut patterns are they doing out there? What cut patterns are they doing out in Colorado? Is that kind of stuff different? They're really minutiae. We all know the different patterns, right? We all know the different hose poles or whatever, but it's just interesting to regionally what's going on.
1: And a lot of that's dictated by construction types, right? I mean, yep. construction types on the East Coast are drastically different than the West Coast. Yeah, that's so that's one thing for sure that you pointed out. Everything's made out of wood
2: out here in Colorado. Florida, concrete block all day, all day. Maybe a maybe couple old school houses are made out of wood, but everything's concrete, so that'll be different for sure. Yeah, that'll that'll change, yeah. change your
1: tactics for sure, yeah. right
2: there. Yeah, it'll get gnarly did, quicker. Did you have to go through an academy out here? Yeah, so I got hired as a lateral, um, and they're like, "We don't. You're the first person we've hired out of state. We don't know what to do with your certs. So, worst case scenario, we might have to go to the fire academy. All right, send it.
0: You oh, I get to do fire stuff for weeks on end, and yep. I don't have to do
2: any EMS shit. Cool. Yep. Yep. Sign me up. I will get to work out. Cool. Let's do this. So. Uh, The way it works in the north area and everything north of, like, Denver is the department specifically does a two-week pre-academy. So every department does a two-week pre-academy, and then, like, I think there's seven or eight departments that send all their guys to an academy jointly, which was new for me. The way it works in Florida is each department puts on their own recruit school. So that was kind of cool to me because all the north area is kind of on the same page of all their tactics and stuff.
0: We do a regional-style academy here as well, and one of the major benefits is obviously we are doing it the same Yep. everybody's hose loads are the same yep. everybody's general tactics are the same Yep. right and what they're learning in the beginning is the same and as we know we've seen a really big transition in the last you know so you know five to seven years in the fire service we're young the fire service is young and yep. i'll bet it's coast to coast i can't speak for out out east, maybe you can comment on that. But out west, like, we're young. Yeah, same. So everybody getting on the same page has been super beneficial. The the unspoken benefit that a lot of people don't talk about is how close it makes you. Because we bump into guys, and you're going to see us yeah. tonight at Tactics. We'll have, you know, we average probably 10, 10 to 12 to different departments represented at this event tonight. Um, and it may be one guy, and it may be five guys from there, and maybe four guys from over there, and two guys from over there. But they all know each other. 'Cause okay. they went through a fucking academy together yep. or they trained together or we've been to a regional conference together, right? That yeah. that bond is even better. Yeah. So that's one of the cool things about a regional yeah, I was, academy. I was like, hmm, what's this? This is kinda of weird. But then I was like, Oh, I kinda of
2: like it. Exactly for what you said that you can be running into each other on calls all the time and supporting each other,
1: mutual aid and all that. So yeah, I like that's pretty dope. Yeah, you run a mutual aid fire or auto aid, whatever. Yep. And uh you show up, you know what those guys are going to do. Yep. If, you, if you say, hey, fire attack, you know the task yep. level stuff is going to be getting done the way that they were all taught. Correct. You know, hey, g- give me a vent hole. Well, you know it's going to get done the same way. The steps are the same. They, they're they right. going to be dialed in. So Yeah.
2: So I ended up, to answer your question, did two weeks pre-academy, did four weeks of the academy. It was a 16-week academy because they finally figured out, hey, if you take the Colorado Instructor 1 test, it supersedes Fire one and fire two in Colorado.
1: <laughs> right on. There you go. What? <laughs>
2: yeah. It's because, like, you know, I have all my certs from Florida, but and it's pro boarded. But pro board, you have to be within like the last two cycles for it to be legit, or not legit, but accepted. Yeah, for full reciprocity. Correct. Yeah. And I went to fire school in two thousand six. So and so, I just took the
0: instructor test and got out. They're like, there you go. Dude, nothing transfers over here we gotta have if sack do you guys have if sack out no, there i've heard of it yeah dude all our certs are if SAC and nothing transfers over and people come in they're like oh i'm a rocket scientist and you're like not an if sack get the fuck out of <laughs> here we,
1: we'll accept pro board stuff but it's still it's like it's hit and miss yeah i mean florida we we don't do laterals at all they nobody does
2: lateral hires which i think is crazy to me it's it's, it's a so, brand new thing out here yeah. here's
0: the thing dude like you don't know what you're getting and we've ventured down this road to lateral hires. We tried to do this once where we were like, let's just try laterals, right? And the fire chief was like, yeah, you know. We, we tried to do it twice. Yeah. The fire chief was like, yeah, we'll try and do this. You know, let's, let's give it a shot. And uh, he put a pretty rip-ass cadre together to facilitate it, you know, good on him. And we went out there and we had some laterals. And it was it was thoroughly unimpressive. And thank God. We did what we did, and we ran the same physical agility that we run for regular academies. But then we added some fire skills. Mm-hmm. We did a hose. We did a ladder to the second story, set up for for VES rescue, okay. for rescue. Yeah. Yep. We didn't make them go VES, but we said set up a ladder to second story for rescue, and that's all the instruction you get. Right that now. was it. Yep. Here's a twenty-four foot ladder, set up to second story it's for a, rescue.
1: Seems simple, easy. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go yes. take that. Take that hydrant. Engine's already parked. Attach that five-inch to that hydrant. Okay. Pull that cross-lay to that door over there. Okay. It's a flat load. Go pull that cross-lay to that door. Force the door. Check. Inward swinger. That's it. And
1: we we made sure that we told all the uh, potential candidates, right, we understand that you may have had different cross-lays or different hose loads, different setups, different processes for all this stuff. So we're not judging you on that. All we want to see is that you have some sort of aptitude to do these general skills. Yeah. And so we put him in it was not good. It was not good, bro. We, um, we stopped all of them. Every, every single. Ki- no, I take that back out of the two cycles that we ran. Um,
0: one guy, I believe from the did pretty damn good dude. Yeah. Yeah. He did good on the fire skills and then he kind of shit the bed on the medic stuff. Which we didn't, obviously, I wasn't part of that cadre. <laughs> <laughs> so we did, and then they had to go do a medical assessment, right? But the fire skills stuff, like, there was maybe one guy that was good at, or, you know, good at the skills, and then there was a couple guys who were okay at a couple other things. But in the end, we liked a few guys, and we were like, you know, okay, we can work with that, but we're like, you need to go through a full academy. Which is good. And they they were like, no. They no. said no? No. Yeah. no. Well, Not interested. Well, bye.
1: There, there was a couple of guys that had pretty good pedigree, Mm -hmm. good departments, years on the job, maybe a promotion or two. Like you're thinking, this guy's gonna be dialed. It was like they never, never even heard of this shit before. Throw, throw a ladder to the second floor. You're gonna do VES is the objective, but throw a ladder to the second floor. Guys shooting over, rolling ladders next to it. Guys that couldn't even pick up ladders dropping them hose pulls were atrocious we stopped 90 percent of the guys at the door force because it was like you've been here for five and a half minutes dude damn yeah so yeah, with one stick
0: in that thing like jeez. so it was not it was not a good experience overall for our department and then we just had recently reno fire um and i dude i i don't mind talking about reno fire because i'm so impressed with this department i really I really just love like, Reno Fire. Shout yeah, out. Dude, I love what these guys are doing. They had their first lateral academy ever. And they everybody- In a hundred years. Dude, everybody was shaking in their fucking boots in Northern Nevada. Everyone, Because everyone talks shit. I'm going to go to Reno. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go fucking Reno. And that's like the big threat. I'm going to go to Reno. I'm going to go to the, the big red machine. And nobody ever does it. Right. And then they're like, oh, we're doing laterals. And everyone's all- uh, uh well no I didn't mean like I was gonna go this year I was like but it's, <laughs> yeah yeah if they're yeah. gonna do it like next year I might go but sure. a handful of guys went one of our best friends he was on the first episode of the podcast Brian's able fucking dog dog yeah. yeah dog um he went and lateraled over there and it was like he made it through and then he's having the greatest time of his life and oh, yeah. crushing it at this new big department and you know Reno had uh, the, but they only got a small group of guys. They had a big success, but they only had a small group of guys. And now everybody's like, fuck, I wish Reno would do lateral academy. I'll go right now.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. Reno, Reno was the first place around here to have a full 16 week academy. So okay. it was like non negotiable. You're yep. a new hire, you go through the full academy, you learn the Reno way. Yep. Respectable. Yep. They, they're a big enough place to run their own academies to do it their way. And uh, I don't know how short the lateral academy was. It was. It was shortened up maybe half.
0: Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think eight it was or eight, eight ten weeks. weeks. I don't want to talk shit. I think it was eight weeks. Usually it's sixteen. Yeah, yeah, so, something so, like that. But uh, yeah, these guys like Brian's been doing
2: ladders for a minute, and the way they kind of weed out what you're talking about because you know you might have a guy that works for a one station department that's a battalion chief, like you're saying. Yeah, they're running 200 calls a year. Cool, cute, right? Um, So they do the two-week pre-academy to assess their skills. So they're doing everything that you just said, all these skills, fire skills, basic shit, not advanced shit. And if they don't meet the standard, they tell them, hey, you're not meeting the standard for lateral. We'll put you through the academy, but you're not getting hired as a lateral. And it's up to them whether they say yay or nay, and I don't think anybody said no, which to me is pretty ridiculous.
0: Well, they're, they're already hired, right? And you put them in the lateral academy, and then you'll roll them? Yeah, so, so they, they we they, didn't we didn't do that. We let them do a test and uh-oh. say, "You ain't a lateral." Gotcha. You okay. can because we okay. were planning on doing a lateral academy. Gotcha. But we're like, "You're not a lateral. You can go through the full academy." And they're like, "Now stay at my department." Yeah, right. we oh. set up a whole program that was
1: a shortened, you know, shortened academy for laterals specifically, where it was right. going to be no book work, yep. basically just drill ground for half the time. Right. Uh, we're at a, we're at fourteen weeks, fifteen weeks now. Yeah, nice. 15, 15 in our academy okay. in our regional. So we're, we're getting up there. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was pathetic. Yeah. In all honesty, it was pitiful to see dudes that say, I'm a professional fireman come out and act like that. Yeah. Like it was bullshit yeah. to me. Want
2: the t shirt and the sticker, right? Yep. Yeah. Luckily, I mean, like we had, being humble, right? We had that guy that came from a department that was a one station department, works for us. He got hired as a lateral. They just did assessment. And he didn't meet the standard, and he's like, "I actually want to go through a legit academy. I've never been one." And he was a battalion chief at his old department, so for just having that humbleness, right, and be like, "Hey, I want to learn these skills. Put me through the academy, bro,"
1: and just, you know, that, that's pretty, so, pretty
2: strange and rare the,
1: to see that. Yeah, that's so huge. The 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 small percentage of guys that we did offer positions to and told them, "Hey, you got to go through a sixteen, the fifteen weeks. You're you're not ready." They took that as such an affront, just, and it was like, bro, you you just came out here and fucked the dog hard, yeah. On all these skills, you you really can't look in the mirror and go, yeah, I, I need it. Yeah, it was weird to
0: me. It's one of those things, like, so we can know the job, right? You can have guys who know the job, and they can. You want to sit here and talk about it? They can yeah. talk all day, and they're right, and they're right, and they can actually give you a bunch of knowledge through conversing about it or teaching about mm-hmm. it or whatever but sometimes the hand skills aren't there right yeah they know the theoretical which aspect is, which is good and that's a huge part of it as well but sometimes the hand skills just are not there and for them to be humble enough to say I want to go get those hand skills yes. to add to this other skills that I have or, or might not have whatever yeah. but to be humble enough to go do that I'm going to I'm gonna add to these that's bitching mm-hmm. it, there's another side of the coin that you think about sometimes it's like yeah, we're not gonna put you through we're not you're not gonna be a lateral for our department, whoever, whatever department it is. You're not you're not meeting the muster. And they're like, okay, well fuck it, I'm just go back to my other department. You suck there too, bro. <laughs> yeah, go be a liability back <laughs> like home. Right? What are yeah. you doing at home? Yeah. Like what are you doing at home? And you think to some guys, you go, Fuck, did you not know? Did you show up here and like did you really not know that you suck? And that brings in, it's like, are guys out training? This is one of those questions. Like, when you ask yourself, what's happening out there? What are guys doing? Like, are guys being engaged? Are guys being an asset? Are they being a liability? And then you go, well, well, don't go back there either. You suck there too. Just go through our academy. Why are you right now? We'll
1: teach you how to do this. (laughs) I feel bad for your citizens. Yeah. It was, there was even some stuff gear wise, like you were talking about, like guys were struggling putting gear on. Because they had to wear gear to do the test. And oh, and Boyer's constantly preaching it now. This is second skin. Yeah. Second skin, it's, man. It should Wearing be a zero Every day. No factor. So no factor at all. You've been putting on pants and a jacket since you were four, right? Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, that's another weird thing. Or not weird thing. An adjustment you asked me about earlier. You guys will get a kick out of the story. So in Florida, hot, humid, 10, 11 months out of the year. When we get in gear, we take our pants off. And get in our gear and our underwear. I think you guys do the
0: same, right? Dog, it snows
2: out here. I still get my underwear. I'm yeah. a big boy. <laughs> right? Yeah. So first time we get a call, here comes Proby fucking putting his gear on, and I'm taking my pants off, getting in my underwear, and they're like, dude, check out the Pro He's getting in his underwear, getting in his gear. <laughs> talking about it for a month, man. They were talking about it for a month, and they thought it was the craziest thing. And finally, a a couple guys started doing that. Dude, this is so much better. I'm
0: like,
1: it's the best. It's the best. best, best. I've been
0: doing that forever. I'll kick my pants off. We'll come back, go in the bay, just be like five pants on the ground. I bet Chiefs are walking through the bay going, What the the fuck is going on? It is Tuesday at three o'clock in the afternoon. Where did these guys go without their pants?
1: Well, let me tell you boys a little story about my. Pants not being on under my drop. So uh, we caught a job at like three, four in the morning. I was out at uh, our southern station and uh, go out. I mean, my skibbies got out of bed, jump in, my, jump in my bunkers, you know, throw my gear on. We pull up, go to work. Uh, me and Brian actually were there together and uh, go to work. And I'm like, it's three or four in the morning, right? So we've been working for 30, 40 minutes. I'm like, I got to take shit, man. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> so what do I do? I do a little interior search of the structure for a bathroom. Sure, you know, sure. I mean, we've already pulled ceiling fires yeah. out. It's kind of winding down like, eh, well, there's a bunch of drywall in the toilet, so that ain't going to work. So I go out and I go, Hey chief, do you, do you order the, the Sandy hat? Cause we can order one from public works and they'll pull up to our fires and have one on a trailer. Fancy. Awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. N- no, I didn't order it. Well, now I'm in trouble, man. I mm-hmm. this is happening. <laughs> uh, and, uh, the neighbor across the street can see that I'm having a little bit of an issue. I'm dancing around. So he comes over and he goes, hey, hey, if anybody needs to use the restroom, you know, you can use my house. So I'm like, Oh, sir, please, please may I use your restroom? He goes, Oh, not a problem, man. Older guy, you know, nice neighborhood. It's awesome. Go in, drop all my gear in the garage. I'm in nothing but my skivvies and a t-shirt at this point and socks. I go walking in. This dude has every single neighbor from the whole neighborhood in his living room. <laughs> and I gotta walk through in my sweaty underwear. Fire the cool underwear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and go and crush this guy's bathroom. Nice. And then walk back out. But pro tip, if that ever happens to you, do what I did. As soon as I got out in that garage and threw all my gear back on, ripped my nameplate right off my coat and stuffed it in <laughs> my pocket. Right. <laughs> they don't know who it was. That is a pro tip. That is a Hell pro tip yeah.
2: for sure. Yeah, man, that's funny, man. They, they were talking about it forever. And then when I was teaching with Basil and those guys at my high conference, all Florida boys, right? Hey, we're doing this thing, pretty thing. Cool, let's get in our gear. I look around, everybody's dropping their pants, getting in the
0: where I'm like. Florida boys, (laughs) hundred percent, dude. I wear shorts sometimes under my drops, right? And like, you put your shorts on, and if you don't have your drawstring tight, no, like your shorts will be down. You can feel them. You're like, dude, my whole butt's out. My shorts are all Mm -hmm. down in here. What am I doing? Yeah, you got to get rid of those things. That's a boss move. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta get rid of that stuff. All right. All right, Marco. So tonight you're, uh, you're coming out. You flew all the way out here to come out to do tactics on tap. And jiu-jitsu with a couple of chums. Yeah. Oh, jiu-jitsu. yeah. <laughs> so. That was awesome. That's the highlight of my trip so far. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's good. So let's talk about, it. like, what it, when Boyer called you, like, what did he say? How did he get you to come out here? What did, why did you decide that this was going to be a good idea? Um, I mean,
2: when you he said, Hey, you want to come do this? I'm like, Hey, Boyer man's asking me to come do it. it. says the dudes are cool. It's, you know, I'm going to come do, do whatever Boyer wants me to come do. So that's the initial one. Right. And then I started, you know, checking out y'all's page and stuff. And I could just tell and see that you guys are like super into the job and just trying to spread that knowledge around and get people from all over just to come in and share that knowledge and make that little tight knit group of people who give a shit a little bit
0: bigger. Right. So then I was like, fuck it, let's do it. It's not. I'm not asking the question like for, you know, to ask somebody to toot our horn at all. And the reason why I ask it is because I want to know like, I want to know why somebody would come out here to do this. And that was the answer I was looking for, right? To make this bigger, to make, to spread that knowledge. We want to bring in people from all over. You can listen to people from your circle all the time, right? But you're never a prophet in your own land. You ever heard that? Yeah. yeah, Right? Never profit in your own land. So if we start bringing other people, we brought Nick Oxford from San Francisco out to talk Mm -hmm. about forcible entry. And we brought a few different guys out to talk about different things. And it's amazing that to show other people the, the benefits that we have seen, how the fire service is much smaller than you think it is. Right? It's so cool to show other people, look, this guy's doing the same stuff you're doing out here, out there. This guy over here came to talk to you about the same stuff that you're here sitting, listening to him because you're engaged in. And that's what we're trying to do with Tactics on Tap. We're trying to make this community as small as we possible, possibly can. Not just the Reno area, not just the departments around as us. As big as we possibly can. Yep. Uh, as we're trying to expand the reach as big as we can but we want to make the community seem small if you need to reach out to somebody who works
1: oh i see what you're saying you know a few
0: thousand I, miles away it should just be a phone call yeah, it shouldn't I, be a big deal sorry yeah. yeah i see what you're saying you you want to
1: yeah take the borders down don't don't think oh man this guy's from colorado what how am i going to get a hold of him what am i going to mm-hmm. do you know like things like, i see what you're saying
2: yeah just brought in your- the
0: horizon basically and just learning from other people I had seen Tactics on Tap right online right and I'd seen the guys on the east coast doing it and mm-hmm. I thought man dude this is so cool this is such a cool idea I wish we could bring it out here so what did I do I said fuck it and I just sent it and you I sent it. a message and I said hey we would really love we have a cool venue and we really love to do this out here but we we don't want to use your name unless we have permission I should have done that with Nick LaDine, but <laughs> But you didn't. You just fucking dogged him out and stole shit. Dude, this uh that's a whole I gotta tell that story on here because that's a whole nother story. (laughs) So I reached out and I was like, hey, we wanna use this name, but if it's you know your thing or whatever, we don't want to. These dudes hit me back immediately. Absolutely, you're you can be your own chapter. Here's how you do it. There's only three rules. You can't make money, you know. Yeah, uh, it's got to be a nonprofit deal. You got to start your own social media if it's if it's going on. I'm like, fuck, we already got that going on. We're good, yeah. you know. And so we, they sent me, he sent me the PDF of the logo so I could design our own logo. You know, nice. It was just it was one of another one of those things where the fire service was way smaller than I thought. Yeah, and it it was so awesome. So we started this process and we we got some speakers lined up and. Went and talked to the venue, and they're like, oh, yeah, you can do it. And we're like, oh, man, how can we make this even better? And we're like, let's get local businesses to jump in and pay for the pizza for everybody. And let's get another local business to jump in and pay for beers for everybody. And let's get some other local businesses and some firefighter-owned businesses to give us some raffle prizes, and we'll have a raffle. And so we got these ideas together, and it seemed like a lot, but it really wasn't, right? dude? Just, Just asking the question. The community was all about it. We got a local real estate agency to pay for the pizzas, so now everybody gets to eat pizza for free. Okay. We got uh, Upskill EMS Health to pay for the beer. Look her up; she's awesome. You need EMS training in the Northern Nevada, uh, Eastern California area. She's your gal. She come out there and hook you up um, to pay for all the beers, right? So people are drinking beer for free now, breaking bread with their brothers and sisters at no charge. We tried to take all the excuses out. Yeah. Right? We made it on a Wednesday. Like, oh, no your family, taking away from the family. You're busy on 6 o'clock on a Wednesday? No, you're not. Right. Shut up. Yeah, Get out
1: it's not, it's not Friday night for those young guys. Yep. Go hit the bars or do whatever, you know, chase young ladies around.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or boys, whatever. It's 2023. Yeah. Whatever you're into. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, and it's only, you know, the speaker usually speaks for in the ballpark of an hour over under whatever they got going on. It's not a lot of time out of your life. Yeah. We've taken all these excuses away, and then we reached out to local businesses. You know, hey, do you have you know do you you have any raffle prizes you give away? People were so generous giving wow. raffle prizes away. Then we reached out to some firefighter-owned businesses, Hobbit Leatherworks. We reached out to B A Shields. We reached out to um, Muerto's Coffee, uh, right. Fire Department Coffee. We reached out to uh, Next Rung. All these different firefighter-owned businesses. Immediate answers. Immediate shipments of raffle giveaways. No questions asked. Yep. Support what you're doing. Here you go. Again, another example of this community is way smaller than you think mm-hmm. it is. Don't be intimidated to reach out to people. And now we, you know, at the door we a buck for a raffle ticket, right? We take oh, it. Wow, in. that's it. true Well, depends on who's that's running nice. the door. One time yeah. we had a guy up there. <laughs> yeah, truthfully, we yeah. had a guy up there. He's selling them for five bucks. He came up to me. And he's like, got three hundred dollars in his hand. He's like, here you go. I'm like, whoa. He's like, yeah. What are you selling raffle tickets for? It's like five dollars, right? I'm like, fuck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the prizes
1: are well worth it, but yeah. it was more than normal, right? And, and all the, all the money, because it's a nonprofit, all the money goes back directly to the establishment. That's so awesome. we we do it at Lamp Post Pizza in South Reno. Every dollar we take in from this event goes directly to your servers, your bartenders, the kids in the back spinning pies. Like perfect,
0: yeah. it's all tip money. We did when that kid overcharged everybody, and we had the Buku Bucks. Uh, Sorry, Nick Oxford from San Francisco was doing his talk on yep. forcible entry. He had a charity, a nonprofit charity for um, uh, disabled kids that he was helping out, and we gave half the money to the charity. Yeah, That's- and then H and H matched that half. So yeah. It- we yeah. yeah, we just try to do like That's what's up. Yeah, right, just trying to do like cool shit and make yeah. it no nobody's trying to make money, nobody's like benefiting financially from this, dude. We're just trying to do something cool for the fire service. And That's it, it. And it's like you
1: you're coming out and spending your time to give back to the fire service. All all we're doing is standing around collecting <laughs> dollars from people. We might as well do what we can to give back for to sure. whatever, right? Yeah. To to any kind of local business, fire service. Uh, charity that's going on that that is connected to us and somehow right so we're just that's all we're trying to do with all this stuff is just give give back in any way that we can
0: yeah, if anybody out there that's listening is interested in speaking at Tactics on Tap or being involved in any way, shape, or form, please reach out to us, info at hunt.com. We'd be more than happy to help you start a chapter where you're at or help you help with our chapter, whatever you want to do, man. We're all about it. But thank you for taking the time to come out tonight. It's going to be rad for sure. Well, thank you guys for having me, man. I'm super humbled you guys even invited me out here. So thank you guys. I'm looking forward for tonight gonna be rad so we got you out uh um you came out, and you're like oh i'm gonna be out here for a couple of days and uh, i saw your instagram post boyer just hammered you right away right, right out the, the plane gate. yesterday right <laughs> out the gate and you he's like bring your
2: trail running shoes fly two and a half hours get off the plane been up since i think i got up at three to work out before i got on the plane he's like let's go on a little trail run it won't be that that far like six plus miles out in tahoe it was awesome but that that dude was running slow so he, i would be Hey,
1: keeping up with him. At least you're acclimated.
2: Yeah, that's it, man. We're <laughs> yeah. actually lower here, so I'm pretty yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, dude, the views are you're, great. you like, <laughs> not quite sea level, <laughs> exactly. but lake level. Yeah. yeah, I saw that, and I went, dude, Boyer's already driving this guy into the ground. <laughs> right. and I was like, oh, sweet. Today I'm going to get tapped out a thousand times. Heck yeah. Let's, but, let's, dude, let's I've
0: been on your Instagram, and I'm like, this guy probably not even breaking a sweat. And then we go roll today, and we're on the jujitsu mat, and I'm rolling with you, and I'm like, yeah, this dude's not even sweating that hard. Like, fuck, dude. <laughs> I'm which over is here. strange because I sweat like a, a crazy person. But yeah, me too. Obviously, it's like mostly coolers like coming out of my pores. But yeah, that was rad getting you on the mats. A yeah. lot of the times when uh, we were talking about this earlier, and uh, jujitsu is one of those things where for for me it changed my life. Right, yeah. it was one of those things that was so hard. And we've talked a lot about that during this podcast, these mentally challenging, physically challenging aspects of our life. This was one of those things that was so hard to do when I first started doing it. It was like drinking water out of a fire hose. It was so hard to understand the concepts. Mm -hmm. So hard to be successful at it. And I was just talking with somebody yesterday about it. They were like, I'm interested in jujitsu. I said, it'll change your life, man, but I want to be honest with you about it. And this is one of the things we preach about the fire service. I don't think we're really honest when we recruit people into the fire service. I want to be honest about jujitsu when I recruit people into it. It It's hard physically, right? But if you're a guy who does physical stuff like yourself or any fireman who actually works, Mm -hmm. we do hard shit all the time. We sweat all the time. We break our backs all the time doing shit. The physical aspect isn't the hard part. Sucking at something for a prolonged mm-hmm. amount of time is the hard part. Yep. You go in and you're like expecting, especially if you had any any inkling that you were kind of tough ever in your life. <laughs> I assure you, you were not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you go in there and like, you're humbled. Yep. You suck. Mm-hmm. If you're an athlete and you mm-hmm. go in there and you're like, bro, I hit bombs. I catch passes, I dunk a basketball, I ride dirt bikes, I'm a stud. Whatever your jam is. Not here. The mat will (laughs) fucking humble you. And like you said, some nerd, right, with Star Wars tattoos. Nerd assassin. Nerd assassin. Cody, you're not a nerd. I'm fucking kidding. (laughs) All right. I like your Star Wars tattoos. You're a fucking savage. Will come in and fuck you up. Some unassuming, Mm -hmm. super nice-looking person will come in and destroy your whole thought process of your life, dude. So I think the mental benefit of jiu is super underrated.
2: Yeah, and that's what I love about it, man. Like, we don't like sucking at stuff, right? Like alpha alpha males or whatever, you know, alpha personalities. We don't like sucking at stuff, and that's kind of why I like jiu-jitsu. So I've only been in it two years, not as long as you guys have. But, man, I don't like sucking at something. So I want to figure out how to not suck at this because –
1: I don't want to get tuned up by the nerd assassin every single time. (laughs) Yeah. But you're, you're a guy that can see past the tip of your nose, right? For sure. That's one of the things with the fire service too, especially being an instructor, right? It's something to pass on to the, the recruits coming up and the next generation is like, Hey dude, you're going to suck at this for a while. You're you're not going to come out of a 16 week Academy, a five week Academy a hundred week Academy and, and be the best. Right. You're not gonna be a black belt, man. Yeah. Like That's you it. you're just you're just a baby little white belt mm-hmm. still. You gotta keep grinding. You have to look past the tip of your nose and understand that you got depending on what system you're in or how how young or old you are and you're you know, all that, you got thirty years, man. Like your tape measure's yeah. way out there at this point. But without also being said, you only got thirty years. Yep. Yeah. So get to work. Get to work. Progress every single day. Get better every single day. And uh, back into jujitsu stuff like that. It was super hard for me to start doing jujitsu because I went the first day that Jay went to ten years ago. Yeah, and I quit because I pulled my groin super bad, and then I was at work, and I'm like hobbling around, and I'm like, I can't do this, man. I'm going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. And that that was the biggest misconception about jujitsu that i had is yeah. i'm gonna get injured mm-hmm. which hey man aches and pains muscle pulls shit like that you know you might pop a, a ligament sure. at some point sure you can do that in the gym you can get you could do truck. that on the fire ground you could do that getting out of your car at home yeah you know so these are all things that that stop people from doing hard things these 100%. excuses yep. and it's It's not just on the jiu jitsu mats. It's on the training ground at work. You know, I'm not going to throw ladders today because what if, what if we get a wildland fire Hmm. and then I'm gassed? It's like, that's the old, we'll throw ladders every fucking day and then you won't be gassed anymore.
2: That's it. That's like the old saying. uh, I love it. Freaking, I don't want to work out in gear. I don't want to work out on shift in case we get the fire. Like, I freaking hate
0: that. I got sucked into that when I was a new guy. I was working out at work, right? I've been into fitness my whole life. I don't, I know. Fitness pizza in your mouth yeah i don't <laughs> care i'm big dude i don't PG. give a fuck
1: pg rated. yeah <laughs> i don't
0: give a fuck what anybody says dude i've been in fit, fitness my whole life yeah, right for sure and not one night. of the strongest individuals i know so not your kind of fitness marcos <laughs> that's crazy person fitness but anyway i'm not
2: crazy i'm just not you
0: so it, right yeah i like that I didn't come up with
2: it. I think uh,
1: David Goggins came up with that. That's his quote. Well, he's fucking crazy, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight up. He
0: Shout is. out, Goggins. I know you're listening, bro. That's right. <laughs> so,
2: when we getting a workout in.
0: Straight up. So I fucking started working out at work, right, when they finally allowed me to touch the weights because I was like missing my iron therapy. I'm a I'm big dude. I like lifting. So I'm lifting and shit, and people are like, bro, you got to fucking chill out. I'm like, what if we get a job? You're going to be all smoked and shit. And I thought about it. I was like, dude, I do work out pretty hard what if, what if I'm too smoked to do the job? And I got caught in that when I was a younger fireman. And then I was like, fuck you, dude. What are you talking about? No, And I was, get over that shit. Yeah, We have mats at work now. Oh, we got, dude, yeah. we got a 10 by 10. It's just a little guy, but we got a little 10 by 10. And we roll that thing out when, uh, when it's not hidden in the fucking weed whacker shed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we roll that thing out. Right. And we'll be rolling with a couple of guys that roll at work and you should see the looks on some people's faces. Oh, they are horrified. like terrified. What? Terrified. What are you doing? Like what, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if a fucking meteorite hits the station? Yeah. We're all dead. Yeah. What if nothing, bro? Yeah. If you do this every day, it ain't nothing. No, It's factor. your life.
1: Yeah. What if you work out super hard or you do jitsu super hard and you're gassed? Well, if I do it every fucking day, then in, in, 10 minutes, I'm going to be not gassed anymore. Exactly. Exactly. It's called recovery, bro. Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that's Re- the thing. Read it, a book. Yeah. When you see other people who don't engage in an active lifestyle or aren't super fitness savvy, and then you think about it from there, and you're like, oh, yeah, if you did this, you'd fucking die. Yeah. And yeah, you would you be do, dog shit on the fire ground. Like, exactly. This you is my squats. everyday, bro. Or you're
2: you're going to be dog shit anyway, so
0: <laughs> try to get better. True that. I mean, let's be real. Uh, let's be real. Let's and be you real. can let it rip because we've said this many times in this podcast. Ain't nobody listening to this podcast that ain't engaged. That's it. All those guys that are naysaying it and shitting on this ain't listening to this. Trust me. They don't like me anyway. That's but it. if you are listening to this and you don't want to be a
1: slap dick anymore, take some advice. Yeah. We all start like we all started somewhere, right? We you guys
2: didn't start out being freaking studs at, at jiu-jitsu, right? I'd, none of us started out in this fire service being freaking awesome at the fire service. We all started at one, right? And so this like this happened recently, there's a guy I got hired with. I got hired as a lateral. He did not. He's never done anything in the fire service. I've been doing it almost 16 years and he compares himself to me and then he gets down on himself when he's not doing where I'm at. And I'm like, "Listen, bro. You've been doing this what? 3 months?" Cool and you're already killing it. Like you're going to be way better than I am by the time you get to my age because you're going to be doing it, you got people teaching you stuff that I didn't have when I first started. You can't compare yourself, right? So like me comparing myself to you guys that have been training jiu-jitsu for 10 years, it's not it's not realistic, right? So just having having that wherewithal and knowing, "Hey, I can't compare myself to somebody that's been doing this longer." Right? We all started at ground one, ground zero. Just let's just get better. And take advantage of people that have more experience and soak it up. Like, you guys were giving me tips today. I'm like, sponge, sponge, you know, sponging
0: it. These guys are way more experienced than I am. I'm going to learn everything I can from them. That's one of the things that I also relate. That's a great point. So if I'm rolling, right, I'm doing jujitsu with somebody, and I hit, them with a, I hit them with a move twice. If I hit you with it once, I took advantage of the situation, I, I, I moved my pawn quicker than you could react or whatever, right? um but you may do the same to me if i hit you twice with something after the round's over i'm gonna tell you exactly how i hit you with it yep, and a lot of people today. a lot of people are like dude why are you give up the the fucking power uh. why you give him the power <laughs> why do you tell him dude and uh, i have been asked this multiple times that you They're like bro that's your bread and butter why are you telling them how to beat it like we're all here to get better mm-hmm. and if this guy can stop the thing i do all the time I will have to do something new to beat him and be better. So that'll help me grow. And it's the same when we get to the fire ground, right? We see something, and we've talked about it a bunch of times with information hoarders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we see guys that like have a skill or possess some skill, and they just keep that shit to themselves. If I have something, or I learn something, or I see something, or somebody tells me something, I'm the first thing I'm gonna do is run. Everybody knows any motherfucker's ever worked with me. I never shut the fuck up. I'm gonna run into the firehouse. I'm gonna tell everybody. Yep. Check this shit out, dude. Look at this. This is so cool. What about this? Blah blah. And that's what you got to do. Yep. Share the information like you said earlier a rising tide raises all ships it's so weird to
1: me it's like are you saving that shit to like hit that door for one day in right. front of everybody right. like on the news or like look right. what the fuck are you saving all this shit for yeah. what's going on here
0: that is the weirdest thing like that's a great question what are you saving it for
1: yeah,
0: yeah. so just something that, that comparables
2: yeah that ego and not like being confident in your own stuff right just Share that shit. Share it. And if somebody else knows more than you, cool. Learn from them.
1: I mean. Yeah. Especially like all the jujitsu mats, we're all there to get better. We're all there to learn. We're not there to win practice. We're all there to practice. <laughs> right? So um, it's just weird to me. And then on the fire ground or on the training ground, guys that information hoard. it's like, bro, you realize we're a team, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, if we all know this shit, we'll crush. Mm-hmm. We will crush. We'll save lives. And like, we're going to make you look good. Like if you're an officer or chief We're gonna make you look really good We're gonna make each
0: other look good That's it We're we're, we're just crushing Bro If you get in a pinch And I don't know how to fix it You could die Yeah (laughs) If you didn't teach me that
1: How to drag guys upstairs You kept that for yourself What if you're the guy At the bottom of the stairs And nobody knows that shit Then I'm fucked Yeah Yeah. What
0: are you trying to look cool In training Like you're trying to be the fucking Best in training Like We talking about practice (laughs) You know (laughs) Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah, man. And I think
2: people forget that too. They, they forget that this job, like getting back to like a quick serious note, it's, it's life and death, man. Like s- people seriously forget that. They, they think it's cool. I got the T-shirt. I put the sticker. Tell everybody I'm a fireman. And granted, yeah, I was like that at first when I first started, right? But you forget that at the end of the day, my brothers and sisters next to me, life depends on me being able to do my job. And the people who call 9 they don't get to pick and choose. Like, hey, uh, I'm having an emergency. Send uh, the Horton brothers, please, because uh, I want the A-team to come save me, not the shitty team, the shitty slackers, out of shape guys. No, they get whoever's closest and who's on shift that day. So if you're not taking this shit seriously, you're going to kill somebody. Or you yourself are going to get killed, or you're going to get one of your buddies killed.
1: Yeah, that, that's something that I try to impress upon people all the time. It's like, it, this... This job can kill you. Ray McCormick said it. You can do everything right and still die at this job. And the citizens that we swore to protect expect us to be the fucking best. Mm -hmm. We we are fucking SEAL Team 6, man, in their eyes. When we show up, they want the best. Mm -hmm. And I promise you, if you're not training, if you're not working your ass off, if you're not getting better every day and you miss a grab, you fuck the dog on something and somebody gets hurt or, God forbid, dies, you ain't getting over that. Yep. And <laughs> like you said, like, it doesn't matter. You could do everything
2: right, right? Like uh, Ray McCormick said, buddy of ours that was in our Georgia smoke driver class, J. Michael Mueller, he did everything right. He was a stud, stud, and he died on a fire May of this, this year. Um, he died not at the scene, but he died at the hospital, man. He did everything right. He was a stud, specimen, great fireman, not a slacker, and like you said, doesn't matter. The fire does not discriminate, does not care.
1: So now imagine if you're not a stud and you're just rolling the fucking dice every day.
2: Yeah. You're
1: literally doing that. Literally rolling the dice.
0: There's, and we've talked about it, but I don't give a shit. I'll talk about it a hundred times. You're going in, you're rolling these dice. There are people who don't know that they're rolling the dice. They just show up and they're, have you ever been like, do you talk about this? I'm sure you've talked about this with other people and had the same passionate discussion. You ever see people look at you like, oh, my God, you're so fucking dramatic. Like, you're such a drama. Like, oh, we're going to fucking die. We're going to die on the EMS call. It's like, no, bro, we could go to f- the biggest structure fire of our fucking lives in 10 minutes. You don't know. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about our job. It's literally Russian roulette every day. We don't know what's going to happen. Yep. I don't care what the odds are. I don't care what your previous shifts have done. I don't care what your whole career has been like. We had a guy on the podcast, episode 7, um, Jeff Linscott fucking dog stud his whole career, right? He'd been to a bunch of jobs. He'd been to a bunch of fires, right? He had 20 years on the job. He's done, done some stuff. He knows he knew stuff could happen, but he stayed engaged in his job. He stayed engaged in his career. He didn't let complacency get him. Mm-hmm. He didn't fuck around. And the fucking bell rang and two little kids were trapped and him and Dick Richards went in there. Greg Richards, would call him Dick. Went in there and saved those fucking kids. Oh yeah. And it was the baddest shit ever, dude. And that's what we're talking about. Like, bro, mm-hmm. you don't know. And it could take twenty goddamn years to get there. And yep. that and that's the thing. Linwood,
1: twenty years on the on the job. Dick Rich, what? Two, three, two, two. Nice. Yeah, you don't know. Your you first day. Your
2: first know. shift on on the yeah. fire ground ever could be it. Yep. Could be
0: it. Your last day as well. 100%. You know what I mean? Exactly. It, 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 that's it's one of the cool things about our job. Yeah. Anytime you lose motivation, right? We get, we all get in the trenches, right? If I got to go to one more goddamn ground level fall, I'm going to fucking lose my mind. <laughs> We've all said it. Yeah. We love Mr. and Mrs. Smith. We're there to serve the community, right? But you need a job. You need a fire. You need a good pin. You need something to reset the clock. You yeah. do. And sometimes they don't come for a long time. You've yep. got to be ready. You might not you, ever get a grab in your career. You might not ever. I,
2: maybe I, not. But God forbid, I guarantee you, I'm not going to be physically fit and able to do it if that time comes.
0: 100%. I'm never going to get complacent to the point where I go, well, this isn't going to fucking happen to me. Yeah. Because, Micah, you're 100% right. If you get in there and you fuck the dog, we can go outside and lie all we want we oh, crazy, and you know. all. You know, don't feel bad, Marcos. They were they were dead way before we got there. Mm. There's nothing you could have done to be better. It's okay that your hose pull took four minutes, <laughs> and it's It's fine, dude. Your mask up time was fine. It's two minutes. It's fine, dude. Your door force, dude. We don't ever force doors. It's okay that it took four and a half minutes, dude. They were dead before we got yeah, here. It, it's two o'clock in the morning, man. How, you know what are we supposed to do? We were asleep when the call came in. Yeah, we can go fucking live. Right. All day about that bullshit. Yep, but the truth is, dude, you they're dead because you suck. Yep. If you're willing to look at the man in the mirror and lie to him too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So be I'm ready, not. dude. I'm not ready to do that. Oh, my God. No. And like you said, we the fire service wants to talk about mental health all the time, right? Which I'm a huge proponent of. We're about to have Dr. Dr. Stephen Nicholas on next week to talk about nice. mental health. I got the book right here, Warrior Servants. Check it out. It's bitching. Oh, yeah. Um he talks about mental health in the in the fire service. It's like, I cannot think of a worse blow to your mental health than fucking up what you actually rose your right hand and swore, you swore an oath that you would do, and you didn't, and somebody's dead, whether it be your brother or sister or whether it be the
1: citizen. Not, not only that, that citizen, if it is a citizen, has been giving you money for how long mm-hmm. for you to let them die? Be a professional quote fireman. Oh yeah, yeah. it Says it right on your fucking license plate. So live mm-hmm. up to it.
0: Yep, hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. If I I I uh, I love all the correlations we brought into this this podcast. I like how we tied a bunch of stuff together. I like how everything was. You know, we had a fitness theme, right? But we had a reason for it. It was funny. One of the things I said when we started this podcast, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bro. I don't care. I'll I'll say it, dude. I said let's start a podcast. I said you know what. There's three things I'm never going to talk about on this podcast. I said, I'm never going to talk about God. I'm never going to talk about fitness. I'm never going to talk about mental health. And I didn't say it because I don't believe in those things. I said it because there's better resources for those, right? right. There's better avenues out there. Um, yeah, fit- we, didn't, we didn't feel like we were the voice for that right. stuff. Sure. It wasn't that I wasn't engaged in those things. I just thought, man, there's better avenues out there for that. We We quickly realize that those are po- the basis of everything I and believe. this podcast ain't about us yeah it's <laughs> not yeah <laughs> this is not about us or our beliefs it's about our guests and it's about the fire service yeah and whatever the fire service or the guest wants to speak about we want to talk about we want to bring people who want to come on here and talk about what they're passionate about and it's funny every time we bring somebody on here like we talked a lot about fitness with you one of my number, th- you know one of my three things <laughs> we weren't going to talk about All right how did it tie into fitness fucking everything right yeah, i mean I, t- yeah to me like people like oh well that guy's squared away and you know, he's got a
2: nice uniform his shoes are polished or whatever but he's a fat fuck to me if you're if you're out of shape right there you're you're unprofessional from the get i don't care how clean your uniform is i don't care how tight and everything is to me the first thing of showing up professional, looking professional is being in shape right being in shape because if you're a fat fuck. You ain't going to be able to do shit for anybody. Yeah. Do you look like you can do what I think you can do? Right. You
1: know, as a citizen.
2: Somebody's paying you money, like you (laughs) said, and this is what you're
0: showing up? Bro, I don't want you coming to save my family. Yeah. 100%. We're all the same person, too. And that's another thing. If you show up in the uniform, right, I'm like, man, look at this fireman from (laughs) X department. What a stud, right? All of the firemans from X department are that guy. Yep. But if the first one they see Mm -hmm. is the other guy Mm -hmm. that you're talking about, all of you are that guy. Yep. Like people lose sight of that. And if you think about
1: it, how many many people call 911 every day? I I get it. Okay. There's a handful. There's a handful that see all of us. They see every shift, every dude, everything. Right. But most people call 911 once in their life. Yep. One time in their life, you have one chance to show them what we're worth mm-hmm. as a fire service.
2: And then when we go to the grocery store.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I right? mean, yeah, yeah, these guys look sloppy other, and yeah. out of shape and shopping and that, at the grocery store. So. And that's one thing. Somebody might walk past us at the grocery store and not even notice that we're there. They're, they're doing whatever they're shopping mm-hmm. or their head's not in it. But when somebody calls for service, Mm-hmm. they're looking directly at you yep. they're assessing everything about you but you're you're absolutely right when we do walk around in public go to a school yeah you know little kids think we're superheroes you show up looking like a slob mm-hmm. It's like really that's what superman looks like <laughs> no dog
0: they don't draw him like that <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it many times the you ask any little kid what's a hero what, who what job do heroes do they give you three, possibly four answers. They're going to tell you firefighter, police officer, military, maybe astronaut. They're kind of nerdy. Quit dogging all my son. I love you, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to say these things, right? Yeah. And the impression that you leave. Oh. 100%. Right? Like, like give no him a little high five or little knuckles to a little kid, bro you just made their life. The responsibility on your shoulders to be what a firefighter is, is Mm -hmm. much more than, than most people, even me sometimes realize like the responsibility on your shoulders, aside from what your task responsibilities are Mm -hmm. is tremendous. Like you are the community Superman. Yeah. Act as if.
2: Act as if. Right. And, And then another level, if you're an instructor. I mean, I don't know how many thousands of people went through all the academies and taught, like thousands of people that you have an influence on, good or bad or indifferent, right? I remember my shitty instructors. I'm sure you guys do too. And I remember my bomb, badass instructors still to this day. And it's like, if you're just getting there, you know, there's people that just want a paycheck and stuff and whatever. I mean, shouldn't be there. But if you're taking this shit seriously, you are responsible, like you said, for all these individuals and shaping their future like you can
1: make or break them literally make or break them absolutely yeah we're gonna go pt i'm gonna drive the golf cart next to you while you run
0: yeah exactly exactly it's uh being an instructor is and that's a whole that's a whole nother podcast if you're gonna put your name if you're gonna put instructor after your name you better take it so seriously If you're trying to put a feather in your cap for the next captain's promotion or if you're trying to get the extra OT or go change to whatever your dynamic is in your department, go on a 40 or get off the fucking box or whatever your deal is, get the fuck out of here. Like, you need to be passionate and engaged in being an instructor. That is one of the biggest responsibilities in the fire service. For sure. Yeah, let the professionals take care of that. For the real professionals. The real
1: professionals. (laughs) Yeah. So we're about hour 30 in right now. So, uh, Marcos, you got anything else you want to close with or anything else you want to talk about, buddy? No, man. Just thank you guys so much
2: for having me. I appreciate it, and I appreciate the hospitality, man. It's awesome being around like-minded savages
0: and getting the roles in earlier. So thank you, guys. Hey, man, it's our pleasure for sure. Dude, we appreciate you coming out. I can't tell you how much it means to us. This little thing that we're trying to do is is, is our passion, right, and others that want to share it with us. We can't oh, yeah. thank you enough, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You should be a monster.